Good morning. Uh, it is Friday. Welcome to Friday. Right. Good to see you. Good to see you all. I'm just going to sign in. Right. We're doing Leviticus 14 to 15. Leviticus chapters 14 to 15. Right, here we go. Right, there we are, volume up. Groovy. Right. So it's Friday. Oh, Obuz! Obuz! Good to see you. I hope you're okay. Hope the boys are good. Awesome. Great to see you. So we've been in Leviticus, great book, morning Katie, good morning, good to see you, um, I'm sitting here in a shirt because it's so mild outside, it's crazy, I know. you look outside you think, oh, it's got to be like wintry weather or something, but actually it's really mild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. So I thought, I'm just going to stick a shirt on. And it was a good call, I feel. These are just the service sheets for Sunday morning. Hashtag organised. <laughs> yes. Right. So what we did yesterday was um, a lot of laws about clean and unclean. Yep, that was the... Uh, Big thing. I think it's going to continue for the for the next two chapters today, and it will end with a little bit of a an idea of why why these laws exist. But we had the animals that clean and unclean animals, um, and they're grouped together um, in the in the the order in which they come in Genesis. You know the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. And all the things on land, I think it's like that. Yeah, but mainly the unclean ones are the ones that eat blood. Do you remember that's a, in in uh, Leviticus? That's a that's a law for for God's people there in the Old Testament church, and uh, not to eat blood. And then because it makes yeah, because life is in the blood. Um, and then any animal that eats blood is unclean. It kind of you're like oh yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, so they're often birds of prey, aren't they? The osprey, um, eating, eating flesh. Ugh. <clears throat> there we are. Okay, it's 15 past. Here we go. Leviticus chapters 14 to 15. The Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for the diseased person at the time of his ceremonial cleaning, cleansing. When he is brought to the priest, the priest is to go outside the camp and examine him. 
If the person has been healed of his infectious skin disease, the priest shall order that two live clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop, be brought for the one to be cleansed. Then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over, over fresh water in a clay pot. He is then to take the live bird and dip it, together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn and the hyssop, into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the infectious disease and pronounce him clean. Then he is to release the live bird in the open fields. The person to be cleansed must wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and bathe with water. Then he will be ceremonially clean. After this he may come into the camp, but he must stay outside his tent for seven days. On the seventh day he must shave off all his hair, he must shave his head, his beard, his eyebrows, and the rest of his hair. He must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water, and he will be clean. On the eighth day he must bring two male lambs and one ewe lamb a year old, each without defect, along with three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering and one log of oil. The priest who pronounces him clean shall present both the one to be cleansed and his offerings before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then the priest is to take one of the male lambs and offer it as a guilt offering, along with a log of oil. He shall wave them before the Lord as a wave offering. He is to slaughter the lamb in the holy place, where the sin offering and the burnt offering are slaughtered. Like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is most holy. The priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt of, of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest shall then take some of the log of oil, pour it in the palm of his own left hand, sorry, uh, dip his right forefinger into the oil in his palm, and with his finger sprinkle some of it before the Lord seven times. The priest is to put some of the oil remaining in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering. The rest of the oil in his palm the priest shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed and make atonement for him before the Lord. Then the priest is to sacrifice the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be cleansed from his uncleanness. After that, the priest shall slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar, together with the grain offering, and make atonement for him, and he will be clean. If, however, he is poor and cannot afford these, he must take one male lamb as a guilt offering and to be waved to make atonement for him, together with a tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, a log of oil, and two doves or two young pigeons, which he can afford, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. On the eighth day, he must bring them for his cleansing to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord. The priest is to take the lamb for the guilt offering, together with the log of oil, and wave them before the Lord as a wave offering. He shall slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering and take some of its blood and put it on the lobe of his right ear of the one to be cleansed, on, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest is to pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand, with his right forefinger, sprinkle some of the oil from his palm seven times before the Lord. Some of the oil in his palm is to be put on the same places as he put the blood of the guilt offering, on the lobe of the right ear to the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. The rest of the oil in his palm, 
the priest shall put on the head of the one <clears throat> to be cleansed, to make atonement for him before the Lord. Then he shall sacrifice the doves or the young pigeons, which the person can afford, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering, together with a grain offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord on behalf of the one to be cleansed. These are the regulations for anyone who has an infectious skin disease and who cannot afford the regular offerings for his cleansing. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I am giving you as a, your possession, and I put a spreading mildew in a house in that land, the owner of that house must go and tell the priest, I have seen something that looks like mildew in my house. The priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes in to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go in and inspect the house. He is to examine the mildew on the walls. And if it is, has greenish or reddish depressions that appear to be deeper than the surface of the wall, the priest shall go out of the house and at the entrance close up the house for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall return to inspect the house. If the mildew has spread on the walls, he is to order that the contaminated stones be torn out, thrown into an unclean place outside the town. He must have all the inside walls of the house scraped and the material that is scraped off dumped on into the unclean place outside the town. Then they had to take other stones to replace these and take new clay and plaster the house. If the mildew reappears in the house after the stones have been torn out and the house scraped and plastered, the priest is to go and examine it. And if the mildew is spread in the house, it is a destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down, its stones, timbers and all the plaster or, and taken out of the town to an unclean place. Anyone who goes into the house while it is closed up will be unclean till evening. Anyone who sleeps or eats in the house must wash his clothes. But if the priest comes to examine it, and the mildew has not spread after the house has been plastered, he shall pronounce the house clean, because the mildew is gone. To purify the house, he is to take two birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop. He shall kill one of the birds over fresh water in a clay pot. Then he is to take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn and the live, the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird and the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall purify the house with the bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn. Then he is to release the live bird in the open fields outside the town. In this way he will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. These are the regulations for any infectious disease, for an itch or for mildew in clothing or in a house, and for a swelling rash or a bright spot to determine when something is clean or unclean. These are the regulations for infectious diseases and mildew. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any man has a bodily discharge, the discharge is unclean, whether it continues flowing from his body or is blocked. It will make him unclean. This is how his discharge will bring about uncleanness. Any bed the man with a discharge lies on will be unclean, and anything he sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Whoever sits on anything that the man with a discharge sat on must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Whoever touches the man who has a discharge must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. If the man with a discharge spits on someone who is clean, that person must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Everything the man sits on, whether riding, will be unclean, when riding will be unclean. 
And whoever touches any of the things that were under him will be unclean till evening. Whoever picks up those things must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Anyone the man with a discharge touches without rinsing his hands with water must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. A clay pot that the man touches must be broken, and any wooden article to be rinsed with water. When a man is cleansed from his discharge, he is to count off seven days for his ceremonial cleansing. He must wash his clothes and bathe himself with fresh water, and he will be clean. On the eighth day he must take two doves or two young pigeons and come before the Lord to the entrance to the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. The priest is to sacrifice them, the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. In this way he will make atonement before the Lord for the man because of his discharge. When a man has an omission of semen, he must bathe his whole body with water and he will be unclean till evening. Any clothing or leather that has a, a semen on it must be washed with water and it will be unclean till evening. When a man lies with a woman and there is an omission of semen, both must bathe with water and they will be clean, unclean till evening. When a woman has her regular flow of blood, the impurity of her monthly period will last seven days and anyone who touches her will be unclean till evening. Anything she lies on during her period will be unclean and anything she sits on will be unclean. Whoever touches her bed uh, must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he, he will be unclean till evening. Whoever touches anything she sits on must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Whether it is the, the bed or anything she's sitting on, uh, when anyone touches it, he will be unclean till evening. If a man lies with her and her monthly flow touches him, he will be unclean for seven days. Any bed he lies in, lies on, will be unclean. When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time, other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge, just as in the days of her period. Any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean, as is her bed during her monthly period, and anything she sits on will be unclean as during her period. Whoever touches them will be unclean. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. When she is cleansed from her discharge, she must count off seven days, and after that she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, she must take two doves and, or two young pigeons, and bring them to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to sacrifice one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. In this way, he will make atonement for her before the Lord, for the uncleanness of her discharge. You must keep the Israelites separate from things like, that make them unclean, so they will not die in their uncleanness for defiling my dwelling place which is among them. These are the regulations for a man with a discharge, for anyone made unclean by an omission of semen, for a woman in her monthly period, for a man or woman with a discharge, and for a man who lies with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. Awesome. Well, that, that finishes that sort of section there, um, the, the clean and the unclean um, uh, stuff. And, and this is it uh, at the end here, verse 31. You must keep the Israelites separate from things that make them unclean. So they will not die in their uncleanness for defiling my dwelling place, which is among them. That's the reason for all of this, yeah, is that the Lord is living among them. They are living with him. And just like you, you get to know, isn't it, um, the person that you're living with. Uh, so this is uh, a little bit like that, isn't it? Um, what is it like to live with a living God? Um, who is, who is uh, holy and uh, beautiful and... What, what is it like? And it's that, that no unclean thing can be around him. Now, 
uh, <clears throat> it's so good then for us to know what what is clean and what is unclean. Uh, what is really striking though, isn't it? There's a, that there's always this way of becoming clean, <laughs> of being made clean. Um, I think that is incredible. That is because um, this is not um, this is not stuff that goes up to keep people out. This is stuff that no, no. There needs to be an answer to this for you to come in, for us to be together. There must be an answer to this, and there is in the in the death of his son. Um, there is cleansing for us, um, which is incredible, isn't it? Um, and 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 as we read these things, we get to know what what is the perspective of the creator of the whole universe, isn't it? Um, what what uh, how does he see life and he sees life as a, as a massive big whole thing um we're all up for decompartmentalizing our lives is it is that what it is or comp compartmental i don't know what the word is anyway we're, we're up for like splitting our life into little nice little boxes that um this is me here and it affects nobody else around and now this is me here this is me at work this is me at home this is me at the gym and it's all nice and separate but that, that's not what it's like the perspective of the living god is like no um your life is not an isolated uh one you are part of a community here um and actually what we do um can affect everybody else and uncleanness in some part of church life affects the whole um and it affects him who is living with us um so the this is these are really deep things these are really deep things but rich things i meant it's really rich because we get to see actually how we should look at life um not like as our culture tells us to look at life, but as he looks at it. He looks at life saying, no, I, I'm living with you. Um, and this is what it's like to live with me. He then makes it possible for us to live with him. Um, and for us to be cleansed and to be clean and to be close and to draw near. And he does it by the sacrifice of his son. Incredible, isn't it? Um, and that's, that's how he thinks of you. And he thinks of you then as part of his family. Um, and it's a shared life it is, isn't it? And I think that's probably one of the big things here. Um, I hope you have a great day. <coughs> Happy Friday. Um, have a great weekend. And I'll see you on Sunday. And we'll continue reading on Monday. Cool. God bless you guys. Take care. Ta-da.